everybody wants the harvest, but nobody wants to sow the seed and look after the harvest. And and, and that's everything. That's social media. That that's marketing. It is how can I get everything as quickly and and easily as possible? And they just don't align. I'm a massive believer. I write it everywhere. There's no get rich quick. Don't worry if people think you've changed because you're trying to change. And That's the idea. <laughs> yeah, that is the idea. You're trying to get from a position you are now into another position. And to do that, you will change. You need to face challenges. You need to surround yourself with the right people. You need to accept that it's going to be hard work. You're not going to make a million in property unless you've got a lot of money quite quickly. Who wants to be an entrepreneur? This isn't a quiz show. This is reality. A real-life discovery of what it really takes to be an entrepreneur. Welcome to a new season of podcast episodes of personal and business coaching topics and techniques around the three pillars of HEW, health, excellence, and wealth. HEW is introducing guests to the Who Wants to Be an Entrepreneur show based on their own personal experiences. A full real-life account of trials and tribulations of what it takes. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 073 of the Who Wants to Be an Entrepreneur podcast with myself, Helen Williams. I'm joined today by a really special guest that I've been wanting to hunt down basically and get onto uh, the podcast here with us to share a lot of his journey and experience when it comes to uh, running business, setting up in business and then the growth and everything with it and moving through the times and moving through how markets change and develop as well. So yeah, when we bring people into the fold of, you know, looking at what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur, I cannot think of anybody better that can literally epitomize this. Basically, I'm just going to give you a little rundown and then we're going to go into a a full introduction here. This individual who is with me today has been in uh, property for the last 10, 12 years. I believe from the story that I've heard four and a half years ago when I first met this individual, began with no money and was actually um, in the beginning stages, even delivering takeaways to help him get on his journey and get things up and off the ground. Now is a is a, a you know a, a key name in the industry. Invests heavily in the north of England. I think basically owns all of Warrington. Um, is 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 highly um, highly regarded, highly respected. Basically knows his shit when it comes to property. Uh, he's an owner of a well-established letting agent. I believe we're going to go into this as well. Invest globally as well in different markets. And now launching and is the name behind a new online educational program, helping people learn and invest in property properly. Okay, without further ado, please let me introduce Mr. Danny Inman. Thank you for joining us, Danny. Thanks thanks for having me, Helen. That's uh, quite the welcome. I think, uh, yeah, I better not disappoint after that. I'm sure. (laughs) Did I get all my facts correct? Yeah, largely correct. Yeah, not apart from owning the whole of Warrington, uh, uh, just just a small pocket. uh, Not yet. Yeah, not yet. Working on it. One one building (laughs) at a time. We're we're getting through them. But yeah, no, definitely. uh, Northern boy delivered takeaways at the start, at the outset, and and some of them didn't make their final destination. I probably ate more than I should have, but. yeah, we're working on that as well at the moment. But yeah, so so you, you did a great job of introducing me there. Thanks for that. 
Awesome. Well, we first met, Danny, when you was actually delivering education to a, to a room full of um, aspiring property investors. And that's where, obviously, I began. I've done all the education. You know, I learned from the bottom and, and came across uh, came across you then and obviously followed all your journey. Uh, and then, likewise, you know, you've been seeing what I've been up to um, in all of that time as well. So it just made complete sense. You know, I, I, I've said to you off camera prior to us pressing record on this, you know, I really appreciate how you sort of conduct yourself in business. And I think it, it speaks volumes in terms of, you know, how businesses is operated these days. And, it, you know, I said about, you know, being highly respected, highly regarded. And that's down to that's down to, to you and how you've, you know, how you've molded that. So I want to I want to go into kind of your personal story a little bit more. Yeah. Firstly, why property? Um, honestly, complete and utter accident. So, okay. yeah, so I did the training that, that, that where I met you as the trainer, effectively. Uh, I did it probably seven, seven and a half years prior to, to meeting you. And I was sent by a couple who had previously done the training and they just sent me along as a plus one with their son. So effectively, it was a two for one deal and I was the, the, the free seat. Um, so obviously, it's come quite a way since then. Uh, and at that time, I was I was very much at a crossroads. I, I I just suffered from mental health. Really, I had a really bad mental health issue. So I my my background, I played professional rugby at sixteen. Didn't really love the sport, so I walked away at nineteen. There was a bit of a hoo ha around that. Um, went into education at the time. It was before player welfare, so it was either education or you're a player. You can, you can't do both. So I decided to go the education route. Did a civil engineering and advanced maths degree at Manchester University, engineering scholarship with Lango Rourke, and and a week into the the sort of first summer intern, I realised I didn't want to be an engineer, and that was after three three and a half years of studying and smashing exams and all of that. So I, I my head fell off, if I'm honest, at that point in time. I think it could have been anything at that at that point in time. I'm just quite fortunate it was property. What what it did, it gave me something to focus on that wasn't my mental health. And that's how I, I think I recovered largely. So I, I was an accidental plus one, uh, not in a very good state of mind at the time, but was very fortunate enough and, and in the right place in the right time, if you believe in law of attraction and all of that, that I was on that course at that time and it gave me something new to, to focus on. So, yeah, it was nothing. There's no family history of property. There's no family history of business success in business none of that it was a complete and utter accident yeah okay cool i'm intrigued about the plus obviously you was plus one what happened to the other guy um yeah he hit a certain level and stopped he just Ah. i guess people want different things i think he got enough money from the property portfolio that he could then go okay i've had enough now and he has a restaurant now that he runs and he's doing doing a great job there lovely bloke but yeah, I think I think they sent me along because I was a bit more of a driving force to, to pull him along. Okay. I'm going to park the mental health element that you've just said so that we can yeah. revisit down the line when we talk around mindset and what have you, if you don't mind. But it's a, it's a really key component. Um, but I just want to ask you about, you know, you, you obviously you carried on that journey and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going. Yeah. Like, literally, if, if there's not something massive happening in your life and your business growth every year on year... Like people would be asking, like, what is wrong with Danny? What has been like the the, the, the key component to that business growth? Uh, I, I'd say two things mainly. I have a very addictive personality. Like right. 
by nature i i if i want if i'm going to do something i'm going to do it properly and i won't take on anything that i'm not confident i can't do to the best of my ability and and there's a dangerous side to have an addictive personality I, I don't drink often i would never touch drugs i don't gamble because i think knowing my personality of viewing those as wins in some cases certainly with gambling that there could be a danger there so that's definitely played a part but i i love the process like i enjoy a challenge what what scares a lot of other people like i love legislation change i, I love like tax changes i love problems like for me that's problem solving is the best part of what we do um and it's where most people fall down in my opinion uh, but I, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Obsessed with it. I couldn't stop. Yeah, I couldn't stop. Okay. Have you, uh, ha, because obviously we, we've talked about, you know, your the north of England development, your lettings agency. Every week there's something in and out of planning and what have you. You know, you are massive on, on doing things big. It's, it is a case of that mentality, like you said, of go big or go home. Yeah. Have you have you done this alone, or has there been other people around you? Like, come on, like let us into a bit of a, a yeah. bit of an insight here. Uh, different people at different stages, I would say. Like you, you outgrow some certain people. Certain people go in different directions. Um, I always try and maintain closeness to people on, on any level and maintain respectful relationships, but. Yeah, I think different people at different stages have been a part of it, whether it's joint venture partners, angel investors, business partners. Uh, I've had one particular constant, which is is Nathan, Nathan Priestley. A lot of people will know Nathan online. And you know, we, we, we met first on a rugby tour when we were students and didn't get on. And five, six years later, we ended up in business. And again, I guess how you get on with somebody depends on your environment. The first time we met, we were competing for the same position and there was a level of competition amongst us the, the second time we met it was more synergetic and we were like we'd gone from that scarcity mindset of one position two people versus now an abundancy mindset of very much dragging people along and, and he he makes me seem like a pussycat like on on a business level he's a complete freak of nature i've never seen anybody like him i know people say that about what we what, what i do and what we do but he, he's another level, yeah, completely, completely crazy. He's the only person I've ever met who's told me he's going to be a billionaire, and I could completely believe it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's been a massive part. Um, he's he's largely the one that if I have uncertainties, I I will ask him the question. So I think it's always important that you ask ask somebody the question, and uh, I, we're usually aligned. So I'd usually ring him and say, right, this is what I'm thinking. This is what's happened. Is how I think I ought to react to that, and and usually it's fairly aligned. They're, they're rare; they're getting rarer the calls because we, we're both as we progress, we both kind of know what the other person would say anyway. Uh, but right. they still happen, yeah, yeah. So I'd say he's been the biggest. Do you ever fall out? Uh, no, no, because because I, I know we're going to come to qualities of an entrepreneur, but neither of us are that emotional. So if he's telling me something straight, it's usually very thought through and said for a reason so yeah. it, it's not impulsive and it's not looking to create a fight and i'm very much the same way i don't say something to somebody for effect it yeah. with the best intentions and for what i believe will be the best outcome and we'll challenge each other if he says something i don't agree with it i'll tell him why i don't agree with it but we don't row there's no arguing there's no nothing like that um mm-hmm. 
I think there's a, a clear appreciation of why somebody's saying something. I, I wouldn't say I offend people, but I think because I talk very directly and bluntly and honestly, sometimes you say what people need to hear over what they want to hear. And he's exactly the same. So, you know, everyone, it's easy to blame somebody else and say, you've delivered that the wrong way. And I always yeah. say, well, is the problem my delivery or the... Your acceptance. Yeah, what, the, the, like, because is what I'm saying wrong? Is it untrue? Is it is it a lie? Have I made it up? Or have you got a counter to it apart from that you took offence to it? Like, because I'm willing to listen to the other side of the story. So, yeah, he's, he's very like that. He's by far been the biggest part. Obviously, my wife's massive from a, an emotional support level, but, uh, you know, we don't, me and Nathan, we don't need much emotional support generally because we don't we don't get too emotional about things. So, um, yeah, on the business yeah. level, I'd, I'd say he's 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 by far and away been the biggest influence. Have you been, have you been really um, Nathan aside and obviously Mrs. Inman? Have you been really aware and conscious of who's around you and who you actually let into your to your world really while you while you're in this growth um, sort of yeah. evolution? Really? Yeah, do you know? Uh, delegation was a skill I wasn't very good at, but I needed to be good at. And, and, and reflection, another one, really. You know, when I came through at 22, 23, you're an arrogant young kid. You think you can do everything and everyone, like, you do it better than everyone else. And, you know, you kind of need to beat that out of you. Admitting weakness was never a strength. I, and it, it, parking the mental health, well, that was a big impact for me because I wouldn't, didn't want to admit any weakness and all of that. So I'm a terrible manager. Terrible. Horrific, like the worst manager. And anyone who's been managed by me will say I'm a terrible manager because I like the the creating of something. I don't enjoy the the, the managing process and managing people. Yeah, I get very frustrated with people because you set your expectations based on your performance. So we've put more emphasis on on management than we used to. You know, it was a big part of where I fell down in the journey. I tried to manage and I was bad at it. And then I another manager that was more like me than than needed to be, and they were bad at it. So you, you, you kind of don't resolve the problem until you go, right, actually, this is my weakness and I, I need to fill in the weakness. I'm a big Gary V. Gary V says work on your strengths, not on your weaknesses, because if you spend all your time working on your weaknesses, you're going to lose the value right. of your strengths. Um, and I, I, I believe in that massively. I mean, Gary... It makes a lot of noise, but that that one particularly is 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 a great statement that I really agree with. So, yeah, I, I try and plug my own gaps. I think, and I think that's a business owner needs to do that. It's one of the biggest mistakes they make is they try and do everything and be the best at doing everything, which means that they're good at doing nothing. Really, well, it's now only impossible for you to do that. With the, you know, with how your businesses and your brands and everything have grown, because you can't be in the business managing the process and the people within that business within that business within is you know you need to be oversight seeing the entirety don't you so it's yeah. best that you keep out of the way and i'm sure everybody agrees in that everyone <laughs> will agree that like and, and i always hear entrepreneurs say if i could clone myself 10 times and i'm like shit 10 of me would be terrible that would be chaos <laughs> like because i'm always creating and giving opportunity finding opportunity trying to raise money you know i'd conflict with myself if there was 10 of me so <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 um, I think there's a lot of generic statements in, in entrepreneurialism and the entrepreneur world that, that 
aren't actually reality when when you're in the entrepreneur world. I think. Well, you've 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 opened that up nicely then for what I want to ask you about. Why is there so much hype around being a business owner, being an entrepreneur, and dare I say it? I'm going to say it anyway. But being in property, like, why is there so much hype around all of that, Danny? Uh, I think because what you can get and what you can earn and the position that you can be in is so very attractive uh, that it's very easy to hype. Um, it, it's a generic uh, sort of saying, but everybody wants the harvest, but nobody wants to sow the seed and look after the harvest. And, and, and that is... That's everything. That's social media. That's that's marketing. It is how can I get everything as quickly and and easily as possible? And they just don't align. There is no. I, I'm a massive believer. I write it everywhere. There's no get rich quick. Like yeah. there's there's no overnight success. All of those sayings they're so true, but often get overlooked because it's not attractive to. The work isn't the attractive part. The result is the attractive part, and that that's why it's so easy to hype. You know, and I, I know now if I was looking at myself 10, 11 years ago when I was in a different mindset and a different mental I'd be, I'd be going, what does he do for a living? Uh, nice watches, nice cars, goes on holidays everywhere. I want a piece of that. But then if you told people what I had to do to get that, you'd probably lose 99.9% of the people. You know, 10 years ago, a decade ago, I was still delivering takeaways, like you say. I was, I was working all day to try and build up a, a lettings business and then five till 11 at night going and driving takeaways just so I had some money in my pocket. So uh, didn't go on holiday for five years, was working 16-hour days, seven days a week. People don't appreciate this part of it, do they? They don't, and- they don't understand the sacrifice because they've never had to do it. And if they did understand the sacrifice, and I'm even talking as a, as a now successful entrepreneur, if I knew what the sacrifice was, I don't know if I would have started in the mindset that I was I was in at the time. If, if being entirely honest, I, I don't know. You know, it, it's easy now in hindsight to say, yeah, I did it. And once you start, starting's the easy part. Uh, sorry, starting's the hard part. It's it's staying consistent that obviously gets harder. Um, so it, it's the actual pushing of that rock, the starting process that that's that's the trickiest part, I think, for a lot of people. And you don't know ultimately what you're getting into until you till you kick it off in, in a lot of detail. So yeah, I think I think that's why there's so much hype because everybody wants what you've got without doing what you've done. And and, and that's that's it's so easy. I, and of course there are people that are selling you all sorts of training for this and become a overnight millionaire get rich in seven days and all that shite and, and it is yeah it's a very easy market to hype because people want more and they want to get it by doing as little as possible so if you can say you're going to get loads by doing only a little it's, it's going to sell whatever it is so yeah. i think the work and the reality definitely sorts the men from the boys in that respect with, you know, who's going to, you know, who's going to stay the course because yeah. it's something that I always ask people, you know, when they come to me with goals and I'm like, okay, that's great. How long are you willing to be working at that with no, with no result? Yeah. How long are you willing to keep plugging away at it? You know, and if somebody says, you know, I've got six months, I've got 12 months, I'm like, bye. Yeah. Like seriously, like you need to, you need to be in it for the long haul, the long haul being like indefinite yeah. because, 
I guess where you are now, could you, did you have this, did you have this vision from when you started 11 years ago to where you are now? Or, you know, how do you, how do you monitor that? Or is it just continually, you know? No, yeah, that, I think I'm at a weird stage now. You know, you talk about dream boards. It, it gets harder to build a dream board the more that you get, because most dream boards are very materialistic and you cars, watches, holidays, holiday homes, all of that kind of stuff. And then when you achieve them, you know, that's the weirdest part of your journey. It's very much a first world problem part of your journey. I, I, I admit that. But no, I didn't set off with an intention of, of anything, really. I just, as, as, as I mentioned, my mindset wasn't great at that time. So starting something was more important than where I was going to end up for me at that point in time. And that might have helped me that I didn't have this. Yeah, I didn't have an expectation that wasn't getting hit. That might, you know, for me, it was just about... I want to be busy, and if I like it, then that's going to be good. It's going to be good for my mindset. So yeah. I think that probably helped me. What, what I've always tried to do is milestone things. So I want to be here by then. And, you know, I know you yeah. in, in awesome detail, goal setting and being clear on your goals, make sure they align, all of those kind of things. I've always been quite clear on, on milestones, setting targets, timelines, you know, yeah. when to adapt strategy, when to change market, things like that. Um I think that's the engineer training that I had that's kind of system. I've got a question for you then. Yeah. Because this is interesting over a couple of things that you've said. And then in comparison as well with Nathan, when you've said about Nathan, your business partner being a like a different beast and you can you know you you know that he is gonna to achieve to become a, a billionaire. Yeah. Okay. With that in mind then, because you obviously fell into it by accident and you've grown and you've developed and we're going to cover a couple of things on how that's how how you've done that. Yeah. You know, it, like you said, it, it's not an, it's not an eleven year uh, overnight success. You know, you've still got so much more that you want to carry on and achieve. But would you say then that anyone can turn the hand to business and entrepreneurship, or would you say that they are actually born like that? Nature versus nurture. Yeah. Um, I I think I am evidence that anyone can do it, um, but I don't believe anyone will. That that's the difference. Like I I think the skills of an entrepreneur are very very learnable, because I have learned them. I'm not born, you know. I don't come from money. There's no history of business ownership in our family. There was no being born with a silver spoon. My family joke that I was always looking at ways of making money when I was younger. And, you know, I used to charge family at weddings a pound to take it to smile for a picture. Um, so they always joke there's an element of it. And maybe there is an element of it. But the actual skills of being a business owner and entrepreneur, I believe, are very, very learnable. The reason most won't succeed is because they're not willing to do what is learnable and they're not willing to accept some elements of themselves are a bit shit and that's what they need to work on. So, you know, you can learn to do really be great at anything, but you've got to accept you've got weaknesses or that your mind is weak in a certain area or that there are going to be at times when you're, you're at fault. And the other big issue that that's becoming more and more clear with time is a lot of people have a huge sense of entitlement. And as a business owner, nobody owes you anything. You're owed nothing by anybody, and and the, the in story, life nobody's owed anything. Yeah, are they? yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, in life we, we're getting given a lot more, and and, and uh, there's all arguments for benefits, for and against, and all of that. But it, it does create a mindset in a lot of people that actually prevents their growth mentally, um, and and it, uh, certainly success in business. You know, in some cases we live in a 
society where you would be financially worse off going back to work than you are to stay at home and on benefits and that that won't progress that individual i don't think it's great so entitlement's a big problem in in all societies i think that stops a lot of people because when you go into business it is what can you give me about you the business owner is it's about what what you deliver 100%. 100%. Nobody really cares. And of course, there's long-term benefits in giving free value and, and being a good person, being likable and all of that. But when it comes down to it, people will buy a product of somebody they don't like. If it benefits their business, it makes them more money. Um, it's easier to use. You know, business is, is quite ruthless. Like being a nice person doesn't necessarily mean somebody's going to pay me £500 more for a product than, than somebody else who's got the same product but isn't a nice person so you know it's a bit more cutthroat it is and and a lot of people take it too personally yeah there's there's so many reasons but it's massively learnable i i I believe anyone can but most people won't so is it is it the won't or the can't then because you know people people naturally struggle when they get into you know new business or whatever i mean i've only been in business now like four and a half years yeah and I have had so many struggles and challenges. Like, I'm faced with them every day. You are, you know, that naturally comes. It's not just a thing of that that happens up front and that you've got, like, you're looking down the 100 metres straight and you're just faced with hurdle, 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 hurdle. Like, it's every time. Like, there's, you know, every footstep could be a hurdle. But at what point then do um does it become the can't or the won't bit of it and and what is it that people struggle with most i think it could be both you know i would argue there are some people who aren't willing to face those challenges so they they won't i would argue that there are some people who get hit with those challenges and they give up so they they you know that there's an element of won't or can't there or there's some people that get hit with them and they don't know what to do and, and as a result you know, they can't. So it's, there's a bit of won't or can't in both cases. You know, I said earlier, I love a challenge. I love a, a bit of a battle and, and, and working something out, problem solving. You know, if you don't know where to go or you don't know what to do, then you're in the can't category. You might be willing, but you don't know what to do. That That's more can't. Um, if you're not willing, you won't. And, and, and you know, th- that's the big difference. But success is going from problem to problem without loss of enthusiasm. You know, mm-hmm. we have the biggest disaster in our business happens once a day. We say it all the time. Something is going on all the time. There's always a problem. But the best people overcome more problems. And, and whether that's you don't have the skills, but I always, I've just said the skills are learnable. So, learnable. so if, you, if you're not willing to learn from them, then, then you know, that's you saying you won't do it. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's more won't. There are elements of can't, but I think can't is more timing. If it hits you at a time you don't yet have the skill, then that's can't. But if you don't go and get the skill as a result, then then you're in the won't category. Um, okay, let's talk about skill set and mindset then, because yeah. it's, a, it's a juggle and it's a it's a balance between them both. Yeah. And there's an there's a you know there's an element to say that we need we need them both in the pie, don't we? Yep. Of skills and mindset. Start off with skills then, Danny. What would you say the top skills are for an entrepreneur to, to have and to go out there and learn if they don't have them already? Uh, sales, massive, absolutely huge. Like people even I, – I saw one of your podcasts re- recently you were talking about sales extensively. And, yeah, people are selling every day whether they like it or not. So you've you just got to suck it up and deal, it, deal with it. It's a skill you've got to get better at. Um, marketing, 
huge, absolutely huge. You know, I, I'm in the property industry and I, I, I work with a lot of people that I work with and I'm saying to them, you need to put out content about what you're doing out there in the market. And on they go, they go, oh, I don't want to look like I'm showing off. I'm like, um, McDonald's look like they're showing off because they put up a picture of their burgers and, and do an advert with a celebrity. Well, like, It's marketing. You've got to get comfortable with it because people are watching. So I'd, I'd say they're absolutely huge. And delegation we've hit on already is is massive. Recognizing your weaknesses and filling those gaps with with people who are better at that than you. That hit me quite early. The the book The E Myth Revi- Revisited kind of very much struck home with me that I'm not a technician. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to be the one that I'm not a technician or a manager. I'm I'm not good at either. I can do both, but not well. I, I am an entrepreneur. That that's that's my nature. So the ability to recognize your weaknesses and to fill those holes. I'd say they're the three main skills that, that will benefit you. I think everything, everything else, in my opinion, is mainly mindset. Okay. It's interesting how you said about the, the sales and the marketing. Obviously, skills that we need, but it's kind of what comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? Yeah. Because what holds people back from selling themselves or marketing themselves, like you've just said, you know, I don't want to look, make it look as though I'm showing off. It's right. self-promotion, especially us Brits. We're so freaking scared about promoting ourselves because of fear of judgment and fear of everything else around it. That Then what part does that become a mindset requirement? I think they're very linked in because even to delegate, you have to have the right mindset to recognize your own weaknesses and acknowledge them. So I think, I think arguably mindset is considerably more important because the skill set you develop is going to be driven by the mindset that you have. So yeah, for for me, mind mindset's everything. Like the the biggest mindset shift I've ever had is uh, just owning everything. Like take responsibility for everything. Um, I don't know if you read High Performance Habits by Brendan Burchard. It's my favorite book, favorite book in the world, and he just talks about look at how you could have done anything better, even if it doesn't feel like it was your fault. What role did you play in it? Um, And Nathan's phenomenal at that. Like that. That's a skill I developed from him. He won't blame other people. He will see what he could have done in that situation. Because as soon as it's very empowering to take ownership of a problem, because it's then, well, I know my skill set. I know my mindset. I will own that and I will resolve it. Um, and of course, there are cases where somebody should have done something better and you can break that down. You can talk about it later. Uh, but yeah, taking personal ownership of, of a situation and the role you've played is, is, is pretty, pretty important. And the ultimate mindset over skill set element is owning everything. Because even then, you, can, you know your weakness, you own your weakness, you know you've got to go and improve it, or you've got to fill that hole with somebody else. Or, yeah, mindset's everything. Yeah, I love what you've just said there about the from um, uh, Brendan's book, High Performance Habits. That's the excellence element, basically, of yeah. health, excellence, and wealth. It's all, around the, it's all around the mindset, and it's you improving. It's not comparing with anyone else, but it's you. It's you. How can you improve today better than what you what you performed at yesterday? Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I love that. So I know I know you're massive on mindset, personal development. Revisit us then, or take us back to what you said about like your you know your mental health time, and yeah. you know when you have uh, struggles and problems with that, and how fundamental has mindset been to you in all of that shift? Yeah. What did you do, and how has it impacted you? Yeah, I'd say my my recovery. I, I was very ill, like very very ill, and and I know there's 
huge awareness around it. Unfortunately, I had a, a friend who recently, very recently took his own life, sadly. And that always kind of brings back a lot of memories for me from where, from where I was at at that point in my life. It's a very strange place. Like, even as a very confident 21, 22-year-old at that time, you just doubt your abilities in everything. Everything just seems like a massive task and, and it, it's very much a compounding effect in a negative way with regards to mental health on that point of view. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it it's worked for me in, in a knowledge that I now have complete control over that and mm-hmm. I took responsibility for it. I didn't go the conventional medical way. That wouldn't have worked for me, in my opinion. And, and I, that other people, it potentially does work for and definitely go and get help and get advice. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of made me go, right, what are my options here? Like from this point I'm at right now, mentally, I need to find something. And I was very fortunate to be directed in that way. And it just, yeah, a new focus effectively. That, that, was, that was the main thing for me. So what do you do? What do you do today, Danny? Like, if people are listening into this and, and they wanted to get into your mind, yeah. because obviously, you know you're massive on this mindset um, element. Like, what what do you do today to ensure that you're still sharp? That you know that you're still like excelling yourself day on day. Still work relentlessly. Still love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, read like mad. We can see some some of the books behind me. There's, there's, yeah. there's a big old bookshelf there. Yeah, read like mad consistently. Uh, talk to a lot of people whose opinion I value, who are in the industry, who, who I think we can mutually benefit. So collaborations a big part. Like even these conversations like this, they, they they do a lot for your mindset and a lot for your emotional state. But you're keeping keeping active is the key. You know, I'm not the I've, you've got to wake like Miracle Morning and all that. I, I don't think you've got to be up at four o'clock singing with the birds every morning and to me all of that's just in danger of becoming a little bit cliche I don't care whether you do the work 4 a.m till 12 p.m or whether it's 12 p.m until one in the morning it doesn't matter as long as you do the work uh, that's all that matters it can be at any time but yeah keeping keeping very very active on on like keeping your brain active and engaging with people who you perceive are doing the right things in the right way, having the right impact in your market or other markets. That's what I love to do. Networks, your net worth and all of that. Yeah, I speak to people that are aligned with the direction I want to go and not avoid, but certainly distance and limit time with those that, that are going to pull you in a different direction. You don't, you don't just work relentlessly though. You might do, but like, every single hour of the day that, that God sends. Like, you know, you I, I know that you that you know you work on your mindset and, mm-hmm. and, and develop that muscle. Um it like, you know, you work out, you go to the gym or when we're allowed in gyms. You know, but you, you know, right. Wow, all right then. <laughs> and his home gym. We'll all get memberships there. Um <laughs> but you know, you, you you know you value all of that as part of the entire product don't you you know it's not just work 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 and then that obviously then gives you the results that then elevates you and your mind it you know you you do take in other strands as well that is important to to build and a a big one is is obviously rewarding yourself like that's a massive thing for me i i have things that could be seen as um 
sort of materialistic, but they're, they're, it's not really any more what they cost. It's more that that's a trophy or a measure for the work that I have done or this particular element of work. So, yeah, you know, we travel a lot, um, a hell of a lot, five or six times a year. I'll, I'll be I'll be sat at the airport waiting for it to open when when uh, when this all this all hopefully passes soon. So yeah, that's a big part of what we do. So rewarding yourself, be like staying very clear on what you're doing it for. It's hard for me because I enjoy it. I would literally work every hour because I love it. It doesn't yeah. so cliche. It doesn't feel like work and all of yeah. that. But I, I find it mentally rewarding. And, you know, it, for me, it, it's everything on, in one. If I'm having a discussion about a subject that I like, I'm engaged. My level, like emotional levels and spiritual levels and everything's in the right place. And it, it's not really work, is it? It's not a chore, is it? You, you know that you're on the right path when it's not a chore. And the people that you are around are helping stimulate everything that you're needed. Yeah. Whether it's education, whether it's knowledge, whether it's mindset, whether it's just of general interest, you know that it's all feeding into that part. And yeah, it's, it, there's just no element of work to it. It's business. Very rarely come home and say to the wife, oh, I've had a shit day. Yeah. Whether you've had a challenging day, yeah. it's your perception on the challenge that makes it shit. Like that, that's yeah. I, I don't really come home and go, oh, today's been so shit. Like, so as a result, you can pull in a twelve-hour day, and you don't even know you've been at it for twelve hours. You, you know, you got your head down. You're in something that you love, and, and all of that. So, yeah, she, she, my, my wife's my barometer. She'll tell me when it's time to get my head out of the phone or my book or my email or whatever it may be, and. That that is a danger as a as a true entrepreneur and business person, and you know I see it, it's Nathan has a, a bed at his office that is is a is a fold down that he can make the the most of if, if he wants to pull a late shift. But he's the same, you know. It, it doesn't feel like you're you're working horrifically hard. So it, it, it's a strange scenario. I know people who do four hour shifts that feel considerably more uh, tired and stressed. Oh, yeah. Would you say say then that that enjoyment and that natural sort of alignment that you've got has been one of the most surprises that you've had out of business so far? Uh, Yes, because I would say it didn't, it wasn't instantaneous. Mm -hmm. It it took my, my shift in my mindset to make business easier. Mm. And and I think, you know, I I mentioned it was a skill that I'm not, I wasn't born with. I wasn't born with enjoying challenges. I, by nature, would try and avoid a challenge uh, originally and, and by nature would would have probably had more of an entitled mindset of, I want that for doing as little as possible. So yeah. because it was such a learned skill, it was probably like, I think at the point, at the point we learned that and I accepted that, that's when the business started to genuinely rock it. But it always done okay because I ever natural sales ability and, and all of that. But when, when I accepted responsibility and started to enjoy the process, then, then that's when it, I could pull longer days and it wouldn't feel like it. When I was driving takeaways, that was the, the, the sacrifice part, I think, that I've got to do that. And, and, and when you have to do something, it can feel a bit more of a burden than when you, when you want it and you enjoy it. But there's still an element of acceptance to that, isn't there? You know, you've got to accept that sometimes you've got to shovel shit. Yep. Everyone's shoveled shit. Everyone's done a shit job as a business owner at the start that they now would not dream of doing. You know, I own yeah. an agency that I 
go into once a month and you know but at the start i was doing all the viewings i was doing like all the move-ins inventories everything and now i'm like i wouldn't even know what to do anymore you know because <laughs> it, it's that far along and that far past that i'd be the worst person in my own business at doing that job now so that's going, that's going back to the technician and the manager element of it isn't it in terms yeah, of you're, you're, not, you're not made out for that no 100 percent. okay so so I want to wrap this up then. If if you were starting out today, mm-hmm. what would you do differently? Or would you do anything differently? Uh, I would try and adapt a better mindset quicker. But then I, I only love what I do now because I didn't love it at the start, if that made sense. So you kind of need that comparable. So there's an argument that I wouldn't have done that. But it would have been easier if I went into things with the right mindset quicker, I would say. Yeah. I would have kept emotions out of business a lot earlier a couple of scrapes employing friends and family that i wouldn't have done i'd try to learn that you can try and help everyone but you can't help everyone there's a big difference in that i took that very personally at the start that you try and reach out to help people and i guess this comes back to taking emotion out of it but you know you you, you have people that take advantage of you that, that that use your friendship your relationship whatever that may be in their own way so you can try and help everyone and I, I believe in trying to help everyone giving everyone the opportunity but then it's on them to take the opportunity and another one would be don't worry if people think you've changed because you're trying to change and that's the idea <laughs> yeah that is the idea you're trying to get from a position you are now into another position and to do that you will change and how they perceive that change again is as much on them as it is on you changing. So that was another big part for me is uh, as you get more successful, people's mindset, they, they come back round is, is my honest opinion, but they they have to go through you going through your journey. And yeah. some of them, it's the crab in the bucket mentality, you know, that some of them don't like that you're doing stuff that they would like to do, but haven't got the balls to do. And, and yeah. that, that's it, you know. Everybody People people enter the journey or, you know, whether they're willing to step onto it or not at all different times, don't they? Yeah. And people, when, when, you know, you've put a lot of emphasis around learned behaviours and learned skills and what have you. People pick things up at different times. Opportunities come at different times. We don't all move at the same time. But if we have that mutual respect for people and not then hold people back or begrudge somebody's success or something, just actually just focus on ourselves yeah. and give people the support and the, the recognition as and when they need it and what have you. But it's not about, it, it's, t- it's taking you out of it, but focusing in on you at the same time. Yep. Bit of a, bit of a, a rhino, ironic statement there. But yeah, you, you, you know, you even said yourself, you've, grown, you've outgrown so many people in your 11 years. Yep. That happens. But if people then come back around full circle because they've caught up on the journey or then they actually then understand what you're saying now. Like, God damn it, I, I always thought you were bonkers at that point. But now I've, you know, I've, now I've embraced it myself. I can love it. Like, you know, I'm back with you again. Yep. And when I come back full circle, like that, that, that's amazing, isn't it? Uh, you can't you can't force it on everyone. Not everybody yeah. right ready to receive that message at that time. There is an element that you could put the wrong message on the wrong person, and and it isn't right for everyone. Some people, whilst there are learned skills, some people will never learn the skills. So if you yeah. try and force something on somebody that requires this mindset or this skill, and they're never going to do it, 
then it'll never work. So, you, you know, you just have to be respectful. Everybody has different goals, different timelines, different targets, how much they're willing to commit, how much they're willing to do, a bit different lifestyle situations, family, time, all of that are, are, are things that come into consideration. Just all I'll ever say to everybody is don't tell me you want something badly if you're not willing to do whatever it takes to get it because you don't. That, that's the reality. And then don't judge me because I am willing. That, that's that's all I'll ever say to a lot of people. I think it's very easy to judge a person that, that's a work addict and you should really work less and da, 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 because you're putting your limitations of what work means to you compared to what it what it means to me effectively so i see that a lot so yeah that'd be a big thing for me yeah a lot of, lot of learning <laughs> okay so through your through your new online property educational um program that you're running yeah the prosperity network yeah obviously you're heading all of that up you know i've been on some of your amazing zoom calls where literally all the world just logs in all at one time it's fantastic you know, I can see this being a, a, a huge success, and because you're heading it up, and you're the you, you know you're the key driver behind it, you're the key messenger behind everything, and you're taking people through this journey done properly as well. How you know how you see it done properly from your own experience, you're you know you you you're you're an aspirational and inspirational figure to people, and obviously you know. I want to. I want to give you this opportunity here for how do people get involved with you? How do they find you? You know, what are they going to expect from the Prosperity Network? Yeah, so you can find me personally. So any social media, we're a big believer, like you, Helen, in social media. So we invest quite heavily. So Danny Inman Property on social media, or Prosperity Network underscore is the Prosperity Network on 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 Instagram as well. Uh, you can see what we're doing there. We're just. Um, I think we, we were talking earlier and the whole world's changed and, and we came from a different type of property education program that, in my opinion, has just become a little bit outdated. And the way people learn their access to information, their, their the readily available situation of content, you know, we as a collective, we share so much for free. People need more now than what they needed even three or four years ago. And I think COVID's going to fast track that massively as well. So we're just... We're very big on being real. There's no hard sell. There's no get rich quick. You know, everything I've said here is true. You need to face challenges. You need to surround yourself with the right people. You need to uh, accept that it's going to be hard work. You're not going to make a million in property unless you've got a lot of money quite quickly. Um, so it's, you know, it's get wealthy in time. That's very much the model we want to build over over any kind of get rich quick program. But it's real people doing real things. You know, we had Mike on yesterday who, who's just a previously just a tradesman without being offensive to tradesmen, but compared to where he is now on, a, on an investment level with 8 million GDV, and he's done that over four or five years. So getting people like that involved, I always say uh, real people, normal people doing extraordinary things is what we're trying to get in the network. No fluff, no hype. Uh, I no smoking mirrors, no bullshit. Let's just get it straight. The Prosperity Network. Yeah. Anybody who wants to um, to hear more and you know get involved in property, start building portfolios and doing things properly, get educated, get the knowledge, be around the right people. Obviously, you know you you want to you want to be involved with Danny. So, mm-hmm. Danny, I want to thank you for your time. It's been amazing. You okay. took some tracking down and committing through that busy calendar of yours, but I'm glad that I managed it in the end. And thanks ever so much. Thanks for having me. It's been awesome. Thank you for listening to the HEW podcast. 
For continued support, please subscribe using iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or SoundCloud. And if you've enjoyed the episode, please leave a five-star review on your download platform. Tune in for more value and more content the same time next week.